0: Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a
1: writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor.
0: We want to thank each and every listener who's tuning in today. We are always just so glad to have you with us, and we hope this episode finds you well. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose?
1: So this week's thorn is one that comes and goes for me, but I feel like lately my afternoons have been rough. So hmm. finding a lack of energy and motivation, just wanting to get through the hours until the end of the workday or until dinner time. Um, I think I've already said I'm a morning person and I know, Kealia, you're a night person. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is there anyone out there who's an afternoon person? Is that a thing? no. <laughs> I'm just thinking like (laughs) listeners, if you are an afternoon person, if you have any tips about how to get through the afternoon in a more joyful and sane way, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. We need your (laughs) advice. (laughs) You'd ask a direct message on Instagram. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, just kind of a generic hard afternoons, Mm -hmm. but my rose, oh my goodness. My rose was a splendid day filled with just grace upon grace. This was, um, a few days ago. First I received this just elegantly teeny tiny, luxurious box of specialty chocolates. Wow. So a friend at work had visited her family um, back in Indiana and thought of me on her trip when she was at this specialty chocolate shop. And she just brought me back these little chocolates. I was just so astonished wow. and felt so thought of and remembered. No idea any of this was happening, you know? So that was just so precious. And if that weren't enough, on the same day... Daniel and I had a, a midweek dinner date out mm. at a restaurant, and um, someone paid for our entire meal. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the waiter just came up. He's like, "Yep, someone just paid for your meal." We're like, "What?" And so we just looked around in like giddy surprise, had no idea like who was responsible, who did the secretive like blessing for us. Wow. And it just was. It was just such a blessing. We none of it was merited. It was just all grace. Be- beautiful day
0: of grace. <laughs> Oh, and you never found out who did that?
1: Nope. That's kind of beautiful. (laughs) It's really beautiful.
0: Wow. Oh my goodness. You have great
1: roses this Uh, week. That was (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I mean, well, thank you. Thank you, God. That's nothing on me.
0: Holy moly. (laughs) (laughs) So my thorn this week is not really the worst thorn I've ever had, but it's just all I could come up with as I reflected on my week. So our upstairs neighbors have a baby that i am guessing is a newborn or at least just very very young and i've definitely heard a baby crying up there here and there and it seems that their baby is not yet sleeping through the night and so the funny part of this for me is that for some reason i often wake up with the parents in the middle of the night Ooh. when the baby cries i just i hear some stirring upstairs and just end up getting woken up but Luckily, this is a thorn that will pass soon enough. And more than anything, I just feel for these new parents. Yeah. That's a rough spot to be in. I'm glad it'll be done for them soon. Um, But as for my rose this week, we got mugs. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Yeah. (laughs) We're no longer drinking out of bowls. (laughs) Congratulations. Um, Thank you. We're continuing to settle into our new little home and just loving every single minute of it and we are enjoying slowly finding pieces of furniture or art or anything else that we think would add to our living space and we've just really been taking our time with decorating and making it our own so that has been a rose throughout the week very nice All right, so just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might enjoy it and get something from it. And make sure to share with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to Dear Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today. And it covers the subject of how to get back into dating after getting out of an unhealthy relationship. Dear Wallflower, how do I get back into dating after feeling scarred and jaded from ending a relationship that was evidently toxic? Signed, anonymous. Okay, Jessica, what are your thoughts for our
1: writer today? I want to say straight away that depending on the level of toxicity in her former relationship, our writer may be best off seeking out counseling. Mm. As honored as Kelia and I are to get to speak into listener questions, we want to always be upfront about our limitations. While we can get you started on addressing some life topics and questions for sure, we have neither the credentials nor the specifics from this person, you know, to help work through something that might require more careful and specific attention Mm -hmm. so while I certainly hope our input is helpful do consider if counseling or therapy may be a good fit for your situation recovering from trauma whether that's little t trauma or big t trauma typically requires some form of professional intervention
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so okay with that said I'll move on to our my advice for our writer today I'm not sure what kinds of motivations are at work within her, uh, motivations both toward and away from a dating relationship. I can imagine that there is a desire to be in a relationship again, sounds like it, but it also sounds like there is appropriate hesitation or at least caution with this former evidently toxic relationship in the background. Without knowing how bad the toxicity was, how long it went on, and how long it has been since she's been out of that relationship, It's difficult to be overly specific, but I want to offer some general pieces of advice that she can consider. It sounds like the struggle is getting back into dating after the rough relationship she weathered previously. Our writer's letter is brief, and while I cannot be sure of what she has left unsaid, I imagine much of what she is feeling is fear. Hmm. Questions are probably swirling around her in her head, such as, how do I trust someone again? How do I enter a relationship that won't be toxic? Mm -hmm. How can I both give of myself in forming a meaningful relationship and protect myself from potential harm?
0: And even how do I trust what I think about someone again? Mm -hmm. That must be kind of a difficult thing to wrestle with as well.
1: That's a great point. These are all really important questions and there's no easy answer to them. Um, they're completely understandable concerns to have. One thing I'm curious about and would ask our writer to consider is this. What is keeping you from dating right now? You know, what are your major barriers? In addition to naming specific barriers, consider which of these may be able to be dealt with in prayer, in journaling, and talking to trusted friends, and which of them may need to be addressed with a counselor to kind of think through those layers, maybe, Mm -hmm. or levels of intensity, perhaps. And another question is, what would it take for you to feel safe enough to open up and date again? I'll also add that the simple question about how to get back into dating makes it sound like it's just something that you choose to start doing, like having fallen down on the ice and deciding when to get back up and skate. Um, But dating is a dance. It requires two people. I mean, this may sound obvious, obviously it it is totally obvious, but my point (laughs) is that I want our writer to consider the importance of waiting until she finds a man worthy of dating Mm -hmm. in order to start dating again. A man worthy of her pursuit and worthy of pursuing her in return.
0: That's a really good point. Don't just jump back into dating just so you can say, okay, I've gotten back into dating, you know, check wait until you find that person that is really worth it Mm -hmm. and I don't know I don't know her situation I just I just wonder if there
1: are some of us out there that Mm -hmm. have somehow been um, I don't know we, we have learned have learned behavior in a sense of oh well I have to have to be dating to feel Mm -hmm. I don't know, fill in the blank, whatever. So I would advise her not to think about it as a game that she needs to scramble back into as as soon as she can find her footing. Rather, I advise that she take the needed time to heal from her past hurts and the needed time that it could take to find somebody worthy of her attention and her time Mm -hmm. and her affection. So additional questions that she can work through include what about your previous relationship causes you to label it toxic?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know What traits or qualities about your ex contributed to this dynamic? What kinds of patterns were present? What things were lacking that ought to have been there? Mm-hmm. I encourage our writer to think through and write down her answers to these questions. They will help her to discern what to avoid, and hopefully she can be more aware of certain yellow and red flags um, going forward. Additionally, and this is not an easy question to sit with by any means, but what responsibility can you take mm-hmm. for the way the relationship developed? I think it's important to recognize that as much as another person may be to blame for certain harms, relationships are always two-way streets. Yeah, It sounds like this relationship was a mutual decision, and so both parties played into the dynamics, at least to some extent. It is fair to recognize, however, that in toxic relationships, it's not uncommon for one person to carry a disproportionate amount of the responsibility. So it may be that this other person had a far larger amount of um, blame, so to speak, or responsibility perhaps, but still, you know, what, what is your, your role in it? And all this Mm -hmm. to say, what can you learn from your own disposition or posture In this previous relationship concerning how you would want to act differently in a future relationship in other words what do you have agency over and where will you choose to leverage that agency intentionally yeah to move beyond reflecting on questions i want to tell our writer to practice hoping believe that a healthy relationship is possible Healthy relationships don't happen by accident, and they are not easy to foster, but they are possible, and they are well worth the work. Hmm. When you find someone with whom you think you can form a healthy bond, practice hope for the good and take intentional action to foster that good. Rather than assuming or fearing that things will go wrong, rather than pigeonholing yourself into an inevitable category of toxicity, Foster healthy relational dynamics and believe that you can have a beautiful relationship.
0: Mm, That's such a good point. I think it's so easy to fall into this um, trap of of feeling like, I don't know how to have a healthy relationship or, you know, maybe they've never had a healthy relationship. I, I don't know how many relationships they've had, but I think it's, it's easy to feel kind of locked into old dynamics of old relationships and just kind of keep finding yourself like making the same mistake over and Mm -hmm. over again. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah. This dynamic reminds me of
1: the work of Carol Dweck in her book mindset. In essence, in this book, she focuses on two primary mindsets that people tend to have and from which they, they live and live out their lives. One is a fixed mindset and the other is a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. In the situation of walking out of a toxic relationship, A person with a fixed mindset might say internally and implicitly, this is just the way it is or Mm -hmm. this is the way my relationships are bound to be. But a growth mindset would see a healthy relationship as possible. It would ask questions about how to form healthy bonds and seek to take actions and foster thoughts that would bring that about. A fixed mindset feels stuck, but a growth mindset feels hopeful.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So to our dear writer, I want to close by saying, first, I am so sorry that you were in a toxic relationship. I am so sorry that you were hurt and that you've felt hurt and um, have found it scarring and and jading you in various ways. Second, I want to affirm and encourage you that there is both hope for healing and hope for beauty in a romantic relationship down the road. I can't say how long it will take to heal or when you can or ought to enter back into a dating relationship, but I want to encourage you to know yourself, recognize what makes someone worthy of sharing your life with, and keep your eyes peeled for remarkable traits of a man worthy of praise and pursuit. Don't get back in the dating game for anyone less worthy.
0: Hmm. All wonderful thoughts that some of them I'm going to repeat myself. First, I want to say to our writer, I am also so sorry. I'm sorry that your previous relationship wasn't healthy, and I'm sorry that it hurt you, and I'm sorry that you're still picking up the pieces, however long ago this breakup was. I'm sorry that today you feel scarred from it. That's a really painful feeling, and I wish I could give her a hug right now. Mm. It's interesting to me how even when we know that a relationship was toxic, even when we know that it needed to end, and even when we have peace about it coming to an end, it can still affect us long after it's over. We can feel haunted by it in many ways, or like we're having a hard time feeling like its effects on us have truly dissipated. And this can really leave us feeling wary of romance and men in general. If the last time we allowed someone into our life in this capacity, it ended up blowing up and giving us hurts that we're still dealing with. It's understandable to be cautious when we're thinking about getting back into dating and to have our guard up to some extent. And before I get into thoughts on getting into the dating scene, I want to talk about, our writer feeling scarred and jaded from her toxic relationship. Because as Jessica said, this was a very brief letter, but these are two words that she chose to use. These are very heavy words. They have a lot of heavy connotations. And I think we shouldn't gloss over the fact that she chose these words to describe what she's feeling about herself today. They imply that she's been through something, that at some point along the way, she was really, really hurt. And they also imply, I think, that she's capable of healing. I think these words like scarred can leave us feeling kind of messed up for life, like we're tarnished now or we're broken now or damaged And words like jaded can leave us feeling empty or past the point of no return. I don't know if our writer believes these things to be true about herself, but what I'm getting at here is that the words that we use about ourselves are very powerful and they shift our own perception of ourselves. And I think it could be helpful for our writer to put a more positive spin on these words She says scarred and and jaded now, but maybe better words would be healed and wise. She's been through something and she came out on the other side. And I think that is pretty commendable. That's a great point. And now to answer her question of how do I get back into dating? Well, I want to offer a few thoughts and words of I don't want to say caution because that sounds very serious, but caution. (laughs) (laughs) Um, First, and Jessica already said this, but I will say it again. If you're not already, I think it would be a very good idea to see a counselor. It's my belief that everyone needs therapy in some sense. Um, And this seems like it would be a good time in her journey to have someone speaking wisdom into her life and walking alongside her and someone who is a professional And um, moving on to just a couple of words of caution as she moves towards dating, when we've experienced a relationship in the past that was toxic, unhealthy, hurtful, or immature, it's easy to assume the worst of romance, even if she's really not trying to. Hmm. She might have a hidden suspicion that a relationship is always going to leave her disappointed or hurt, or that men are just like this. And- I really want to encourage her to see her previous relationship as totally unique Mm. because Jessica touched on this already. It's easy to fall into the trap of approaching a new relationship with our fight face on, if that makes sense, um, on high alert, you know? (laughs) So if we were cheated on, we're going to be so much more suspicious of a new significant other going out for what he claims is a boys night. Um, if we were with a guy who lied a lot, we might struggle to believe anything our new boyfriend says ever. Mm-hmm. If we were sadly the the victim of physical abuse, we might have a really difficult time trusting that that's never going to happen again. And this can really deteriorate a person and a relationship very, very quickly. And so, so while she might have... Um, some of the same personal struggles and quirks, her future relationships can be different. They can be healthy and good and loving and mature. But that being said, I do think it would be wise for our writer to approach romance with her eyes wide open. So reminding herself of the red flags uh, from her previous relationship that she may be ignored or that she didn't yet have eyes to see the dynamics and behavior that were present and weren't healthy. And this goes for behavior on her ex's part as well as her own behavior, as as Jessica already said. Um, I think this is key in not allowing herself to fall into the same traps and finding herself in yet another toxic relationship because as humans, unfortunately, we tend to repeat a lot of the same mistakes Mm. (laughs) (laughs) unless we teach ourselves to do otherwise. Yeah. We have to choose to learn from a a difficult situation. A difficult situation doesn't just naturally teach us, sadly, we have to learn to actually learn from it. Um, so, So if she has a trusted friend that she can talk to about this, who can help her make sense of, what exactly made her last relationship unhealthy and what she might do differently herself in this next relationship? I think that could be really helpful or a counselor, family member, whomever she um, trusts in her life to have good insight on this type of thing. And I know this is very oversaid, very overused and even cheesy to say this, but I hope that before getting into a new relationship, our writer can really learn how to love herself. And I say this because I think it's really easy to fall into an unhealthy relationship when we don't have a good relationship with ourselves to begin with. Hmm. And I really think in order to find and foster a healthy, good, romantic relationship, it's very important that we set the standard of the kind of treatment that we are willing to accept for ourselves. And I say this from personal experience, you know, as the saying goes, we accept the love that we think we deserve. Right. So Mm. please give yourself better love and in turn find better love. Yeah. and, And
1: believe that you're worthy of it. Yes. Right. I feel like too many women look for what's lacking but what they, what they feel is lacking in a relationship where this idea of, oh, i'm I'm only partial, I need to be made whole. But mm. as we've talked about in um a past episode, we are we are whole. You know, we are meant to be whole beings. and if we are with another person, then we you know the union of marriage is one plus one equals one. And so <laughs> this idea of believing that you're worthy of love and not looking to another person to fill a whole, Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really important aspect to keep in mind too.
0: That's so true. It's so true. And I think she can do this. I think she can treat herself as whole and see herself as whole by surrounding herself with loving, mature friends who have her back, who want to see her healthy and and in a good relationship. And I just think it's so important to have a support system like this. Or if she's a, a person of faith, by really pursuing a deeper relationship with God and maybe getting more involved at her place of worship or even starting a Bible study or some kind of community group or by making time for things that pour back into her that really fill her soul with joy. Um, This could be joining a book club, starting a book club, um, taking a painting class, or anything that just sounds like it would be fun and would build into her and her happiness. Mm. And I think this would help create a life that she's already really happy to live before she finds the guy. And I know that this piece of advice seems to be focused on her own relationship with herself, and it is, but it's actually twofold, because when we choose to make our mental health and our well-being a priority, this gives us a better chance of actually attracting the kind of guy <laughs> that we were hoping to meet. Yeah. This helps us attract a good man, a man who would continue to build into us positively and treat us well and respect us, you know? hmm And lastly... Don't feel like you have to rush into a new relationship. Take your time. Take things slowly. Be choosy in the sense of only taking a relationship beyond the first date or first couple of dates if you really think there's potential. Um, Take your friend's impressions and, and their thoughts of him seriously. And if your faith is important to you, take a guy or I'm sorry, date a guy who has that in common with you. Have healthily high standards. So expect to be treated with basic love and respect. And of course, as we've been talking about very serious things, try to have fun. Try to remember how wonderful and exciting it can be to search for and find the right guy for you. I hope we were able to offer a writer today and anyone else who might be in a similar position with some good insight and best of luck to her as she jumps back into dating. All right. So it's time for the may we suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that just made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what
1: is your suggestion this week? I am suggesting the Sleeping at Last album called Atlas Colon Enneagram. <laughs> so if you know anything about the Enneagram, there are nine types. There is one song for each of the nine types and this album. Each one is beautiful in its own way. They are remarkably intimate and unique. Mm in addition to how special it is just to sink into your own types song, I love that they help to engender empathy for each different type. So yeah. just, I feel like listening through them, it's like, Oh, wow. Like, you know, I, you kind of get something else about, about the other types. So they, they, they go really deep. I think um, <laughs> while they still will, you know, give a nod to some of the surface level stereotypes and some of the lyrics um, these songs, they dive into the core. I think that both the pains and the deepest yearnings of the heart of each type are, are embodied in the lyrics. It's truly a beautiful project and I hope wow. that listeners will enjoy checking it out.
0: Oh, wow. I have to go listen to those. Do you know your type? And I do. A type?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm a type one. Oh, so
0: okay. I don't know what that started. means. I don't know Get, that get started much. on the album. I'm the first song. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to go in very deep to understand Jessica just a little bit more. That's really fun. I am pretty sure I'm a type four I really don't remember. I know there are wings and such. I do not remember which wing I am, but everyone I've told is like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You're a four. So it it sounds
1: accurate to me, but I always (laughs) want to tell people that you want to do the reading yourself and determine it because it's so easy to, um, to mistype people just by saying, well, I perceive you as this. It's like, well, do do you know my deepest hurts and my deepest yearnings? (laughs) Like it's a very personal thing. So That's true. That's also a word of caution to our listeners. Don't type people. (laughs) It's not, it's not good anyway.
0: (laughs) That's, that's very true. All right. So this week I'm suggesting the e.l.f. makeup brow gel. Hmm. So it's basically a tiny mascara for your eyebrows. (laughs) And as funny as that sounds, it really makes me feel so put together. Just applying a few swipes and and getting my brows tamed and shaped just a little bit. And it comes in a few different shades if you're looking to, you know, maybe fill in your brows if you feel like they're sparse. Or they also have a clear version if adding, you know, fullness to your brows is not what you're looking to do, if you're just looking to keep them in place. Um, And the best part is that it's $5 for a tube, which is pretty amazing. So go ahead and check out the e.l.f brand brow gel. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find
1: me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. Also check out my new venture, Eden and Me, plant-based eating made
0: simple at edenandme.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to Wallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.